This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Inflation is the big, bad, nasty word on the minds of a lot of economists, but also in many of us in the public, seeing the prices in things like gasoline and beef and lumber and more rise right before our eyes over the last several months has put a bit of a wet blanket on us during the holidays. But to understand better what's going on now, you need to have a better understanding on inflation in the history of our country, and especially a time about four decades ago when inflation was really in a lot of focus. Edemar Dreschler is a finance professor here at the Wharton School and also co-director of the Center for Financial Research and has taken a look uh, back in time to kind of give us a better understanding of what occurred back in the 1970s. Edemar, great to have you with us today. Thank you for a few moments. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. And I guess if you can, for those people that don't remember, kind of put that that window of time back in the 70s in perspective in what inflation uh, was doing to the economy back then. Yeah, so that, that time period looms very large uh, for macroeconomists and for people who study the impact of monetary policy and inflation because outside of war times, it was the main period that the U.S. experienced uh, inflation, and there was inflation throughout uh, the developed economies, uh, say Western Europe and uh, Japan and so forth. Uh, and it's, it, it began in 1965. That's usually when it's dated, uh, when in, before that time, uh, inflation was actually very low. In the first half of the 60s, the economy was in great shape, and interest rates were going down. They were almost as low as they've been, uh, you know, in the recent decade. And then starting in 65, they, there started to be some inflation, not a tremendous amount at first. But what happened over the next 15 years was inflation went up and down, but the highs were higher than previously and the lows were higher than previously. And the, it, during the times when inflation was high, the economy was actually doing very badly. So, you know, standard, uh, you know, textbook theory for, for thinking about inflation and monetary policy says that inflation is high when the economy is overheated. Uh, you know, when people are, employment is very high and you can't find people. And so in principle, at least, well, if you get inflation, at least the economy should be doing well. But during that time, it was the exact opposite. Whenever inflation spiked, which happened in these three different cycles, then unemployment went up and the economy tanked. And when inflation came down, and I don't, I'm not saying that that's what caused things, but at least you know, in terms of like, uh, uh, the correlation, when inflation went down is actually the economy boomed. So the period had a lot of these uh, boom-bust cycles in it, you know, short uh, frequent uh, expansions and, and, and also uh, recessions. So it was a very a volatile time period. And so when you talk about it, realistically times where you have these levels of inflation, we're seeing it right now, uh, the, the path of the Federal Reserve is really focused on. So going back to the time of the 1970s when this was occurring, what was the path of the Fed in trying to deal with this? So the, the Fed during that time, if you, if you just, and you, you know, everybody can go look this up if they want. Uh, it's easy to, to graph it um, uh, on like the St. Louis Fed site, which is a really nice site. It's called FRED. And you can look at like the path of the short-term interest rate. So they, they, they more or less, the way to summarize it, they, they kind of set the short-term interest rate to the level of inflation. So I would say in the first cycle, they were actually setting the rate above the level of inflation, which is kind of what people afterwards thought you should always be doing. 
but in, in, in the second and third cycles, which were progressively worse, they basically just tracked inflation. And the takeaway for many monetary economists after this period was the conclusion that they didn't raise rates enough, that it was not enough to put rates equal to the level of inflation. They should have gone higher, and they sort of, some people, many people thought that this was, you know, the Fed intentionally not wanting to raise rates even more. Admittedly, the rates got very high, so we, we're in quite a different situation, at least at the outset right now, in that, uh, you know, if, if people say that they didn't raise rates enough, well, at the moment, we, we have had inflation over the past year and haven't touched rates at all. I'm, I'm not saying we should or shouldn't, but uh, right. in, in terms of that, we, we definitely are raising rates less than they did in the 70s. And at the same time, uh, their conclusion was that the Fed didn't raise rates enough. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually we're, we're in somewhat different shape. Now, it, it's also the case that our economy is quite hot. Uh, it was like I said, we, we're not seeing the same uh, relationship to what people call the stagflation, where high inflation goes with, with you know, high unemployment. It, it's, it's not the case, at least at this point. But if you go back to the 1970s, and, and this is part of a, a paper that you were uh, involved with uh, that came out, uh, what, about a year or so yep. ago, a little over a year ago, uh, that yep. one of the things you looked at was something from the 1970s called Regulation Q. If you can go into explaining what that was. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and just to give a, just a little background on why this, why we think this is important. We actually were working on this uh, more than two years ago, before COVID and before uh, this inflation or anything, because we we work on banking and its impact on the economy and how how it you know, it uh, impacts what monetary policy does and also how monetary policy affects banking. And um, one, of the, it, one of the, since this period of the 70s looms so large for, for the lessons that monetary economics supposedly learned about, about how to control inflation, you know, then the, the question is always uh, whether the Fed needs to be very aggressive in raising rates in response to inflation. And that's what people take away from the 70s. Now, we had a hunch based on some other work that maybe this isn't, the story, or at least not the whole story. And there's a very famous banking law, so it's not like uh, we thought of some law nobody ever thought of. There's a very famous banking law called the Regulation Q that maybe uh, older people will remember um, that said that banks can't pay more than a certain rate on bank deposits. So this was, was fixed by law. It could be changed by the Federal Reserve, uh, but it, it, during this time period it wasn't. And it said, for example, that for, at the beginning for savings deposits you weren't allowed to pay more than 4%. For CDs, you weren't allowed to pay more than 5%. And these, these rates, didn't, they didn't change them that much during this time period. Uh, and they didn't change them intentionally because they thought that it would help to fight inflation if you could keep banks from getting deposits by forcing them to pay a relatively bad rate. And mm -hmm. by not letting them get deposits, they wouldn't be able to sort of fuel expansion in the economy, you know, speculative expansion or however they thought about it. And they thought that this was what was driving uh, the inflation, that credit, the abundance of credit was, was causing too much economic activity leading to inflation. And we're, we're saying, we have a lot of evidence on this, that, that that's, that's not, first, that wasn't true. If anything, I think it was the opposite. And second, that this right. played a really big deal during this time period. So they first let this ceiling uh, stay at this low level without letting it rise in 1965 as inflation was getting going. And throughout the next basically 14, 15 years, inflation was essentially always above the ceiling. 
So when inflation got high, people were getting a very bad rate on their deposits relative to the rate of inflation, which we argued uh, did two things. One, it made people want to consume. It's a little bit like now in that sense because the rates are very low now. Inflation's high, so deposits are sort of burning a hole you know, in, in your account because you're, you're, getting, you're, you're losing on them in real terms. And the other thing is because some people took their deposits out, most people didn't, but there was richer people did, then banks lost their funding and they weren't able to, to fund as many businesses. And so businesses ended up having to fire people, cut back on production, which we claim is why you had this high inflation and low economic output. So we're saying that explains this kind of uh, weird result that, that you can have high inflation at the exact same time that the economy is tanking. And we're saying it's because it was getting people to pull out deposits, which was, uh, you know, cutting firms off from bank credit. What do you think then is the takeaway from the research you did uh, in the paper that I mentioned uh, that came out a year ago and what we're seeing right now play out uh, with the levels of inflation here in 2021? That, that's a good question because uh, it's it's not it's not exactly the same. We don't have a regulation queue or so forth. But the lesson uh, there's a couple lessons uh, from that time period for me. One of them is we think that it was not uh, it, it was not, that, that we cannot interpret the 70s period as the Fed was so far behind the ball, did not raise rates enough, and uh, as, as the cause of the uh, inflation and. You know, at the end of this time period, uh, Chairman Volcker raised the rates to a super high level and, uh, yeah. you know, up to 20 percent at one point and caused a very severe recession. And people think that that's why the inflation ended. Uh, we argue that uh, some, you know, about three quarters before he did that, they lifted the deposit, uh, the regulation Q uh, ceiling on a bunch of deposits. And we show that that caused deposits to flow back in and to reverse this kind of very harsh friction you know, lack of credit and bad returns on deposits that we believe was causing this. And so one of the takeaways is I believe that Volcker's rate hike had this negative effect on the economy. I'm just not at all convinced that that's what caused the inflation to go away. We had had period of recession before and inflation just came back when, you know, as soon as the recession was over. So there are a lot of people talking now about whether, you know, to get, uh, to get inflation to eventually go away, are we going to need to pull a Volcker? And raise rates to super high level and tank the economy, and and I and I don't you know I don't think that that's what ended it the first time, and so I don't right. I'm not convinced that that I don't think it's a good idea to have to do that uh, against this time. Edmar, thank you very much. We have to end it there. We're at the uh, end of the hour. I appreciate your time, Edmar Drexler, who is a finance professor here at the Wharton School and co-director of the Center for Financial Research. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.